Hello, this is Will Hardy with Man Talk Radio. We are all about breaking down the walls of race and denomination. Your Chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few minutes. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening to the Truth Network podcast. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours, a time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to the Masculine Journey After Hours, and uh, we are continuing the topic that we started. And Robbie, that's why I asked you to get the microphone, because I wanted you to kind of set up what we're talking about today. You haven't had enough? Uh, well, <laughs> after this, I've had enough. Yeah. So, yeah, if you listen to the other show, by the time you finish this one, you'll have had enough of you enough. Will. Yeah, today's topic. So, you know, last week we we talked about, you know, loving in spite of not loving in spite but loving you know when you're getting trampled on to some extent and and continuing to love and and so that left the question you know kind of out there when is enough and again another disclaimer this is not robbie giving anybody permission (laughs) to opt out of a relationship it's just you know how do we get to that place where we can sense a peace from god on where he wants us in this relationship and as andy put it so well in in the regular show you know, there's a time to love and a time to, to hate, and, and there's a time to gather stones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Well, yeah, I just, I was thinking of all the emails I've already prepared to say, Robbie said, you know, to all these people I want to, you know, kind of break some ties with. And Robbie said I could do this. That, that's going to be yeah, my opening yeah, line. Yeah, don't. don't yeah, yeah, okay. No. Robbie inferred. Mm. Yeah, Robbie implied. Is that any better? No gathering of stones. No. <laughs> gathering of stones. Well, <laughs> if you listen to the first show, we had a record number of scripture. We had like yeah. four scripture, and we're yeah. still not done. Yeah, yeah, we're scripture full today. We are. Yeah, and, and there's more. And there's more. So, Danny, you have a scripture that you would like to share with us. We're really waiting. <laughs> well, in John 15, it says Jesus said, "I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener." He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. And I was thinking that along the lines of that's enough. Is you know, And we've talked about this as relationship-wise, that sometimes I need pruning. Hopefully I'm not going to be one of the limbs that are cut off and thrown in the fire, but pruning relationships, and only God knows what, lets us be fruitful and what doesn't and that's why we refer back to him i think is the the pruning that i need and nobody really likes that well, looking around the room the pruning started with most of our hair <laughs> i've been very pruned i, just, uh, I get older to look like a prune it? <laughs> exactly <laughs> but that's a great thing you know jesus even said there's times that pruning needs to be done and, and robbie you made the point in, in the last show that doesn't mean you stop loving that person no. Right. Just because you're not having normal interaction or any type of communication doesn't mean that you are released to quit praying for them, to quit loving them in a different way. Right. And continue to ask God, you know, where, where do I fit in this? How can I help? How can I help? You know, what what role? But being fully aware that, you know, he, he knows if 
you know, if it's going to be a permanent pruning or he's going to let that branch, you know, sprout again. Yeah, maybe just cut off a little bit of the edge. <laughs> yeah, just there. <laughs> just the hair part. And then kind of go from there. So, Andy, you had a clip for us, right? Well, you had like 12 of them, but you have a clip that we're going to play now for us. All right. You, you did a that's great enough, job. That's, you, enough, that's enough, Sam. You did a great okay, job I've on had clips. Enough. You, you did a great job on clips this week. <laughs> so, no, I was trying to be uh, thorough. <clears throat> So, uh, no, the one we ended up choosing, I think, between the group was one from Coach Carter. It's a coach who came into an inner city program that uh, the team had been really good, but they were all failing students, and he's trying to lay down the law and to father these kids. And in doing so, one of the kids uh, that you'll hear talking, he ends up just bailing in the beginning. And then the coach allows him back on the team, and – when he comes back on the team, and this is stuff you won't see in the clip, but when he comes back on the team, he really has to run all these sprints and all this stuff. His teammates actually step up and help him do, fulfill the requirement. He gets back on the team. Well, and where the clip picks up is the coaches sitting down with the players. They haven't done so well in their studies. The coach takes action. And then after he does that, this kids he bails again so you've got a couple of occurrences of enough in this clip Wyatt. gentlemen in this hand i hold contracts signed by me and signed by you in this hand i hold academic progress reports prepared by your teachers we have six players failing at least one class eight players getting incompletes based on attendance. Gentlemen, you have failed to up... I'm sorry. We have failed. We have failed each other. Now, there are some of you who have upheld this contract, but know that we are a team. And until we all meet the terms of this contract, the gym will remain locked. Mr. Thompson, Mr. Gessick, and Ms. Sherman have generously volunteered their time to help us reach our goals. But coach, I have a 3.3. That's good, sir. Do you score all the points for the team, too? We are the Richmond Oilers. Do you know what Oilers stands for? Sir? Know that you're not just walking out on me. You're walking out on them. I had to beg you. And then I ran all those sprints. I did all that. I killed myself for you, sir. To get back on the team. Oh, man, it ended. <laughs> it did. <laughs> while, you're over, while you're over there pantomime and like you're a ventriloquist or whatever. Are you going to use more scripture on the anointing? Is that what you're doing? Uh, the anointing? <laughs> yeah, I, I, now I can't get past what does Oilers stand for because you never That's answered my question. It's anointing, I'm telling Ev- you. Evidently, the kid must have not known the answer because he just walked out, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know the answer either. I forget what it is. I think he brings it up later in the movie. And Jim, anyway. Jim and I were doing the... Um, from Wizard of Oz, oil can guy. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oil can. That guy. <laughs> Tin Woodman. D- yeah, exactly. <laughs> that guy. I think it, we're it getting in, off topic here. <laughs> <laughs> you need the periodical oiling. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get that reference, you got to listen to the first show. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the, that's the hook to the other show, right? It is. It is. So in that, I mean, sometimes saying enough is the right thing right it, yeah. it, but it, it's again we get back to walking with god in it 
Yep. You know, as we were sitting there, and, and when that clip was playing, when I was not acting like the ten man with, with Jim, <laughs> uh, I was thinking about a, a company I work for in California. And, and if you don't know a whole lot about me, I'm pretty loyal to the companies mm-hmm. that I work for. I was with the company in Indiana 17 years before they closed their doors. Um, I've been with my current company eight years. You know, I, I get with a company. If I believe in the company, mm-hmm. I stay with the company. Mm-hmm. And so I was with the company. I was a young uh, builder, had a lot going on, um, had a lot of houses mm-hmm. going. We had probably about between 80 and 100 houses going. There was about five of us to work mm-hmm. there, and I was in charge. And and I had a boss that came in that didn't hire me, but he came in after I was mm-hmm. working there. And he spent the next six months telling me how I was not fit to do the job. I was too young. They never mm-hmm. should have put me in that position, that kind of thing. And then he was amazingly surprised when I quit <laughs> and tried to talk me out of quitting. <laughs> you know. But when I look mm-hmm. back at that, it was at the point when I could say, you know what, I had enough. And I went to work for another company and stayed with them the whole rest of the time I was in California until the recession hit out there and construction mm-hmm. shut down. I was with them pretty much most of the rest of the time. But I went to work for somebody that appreciated. Mm-hmm. right? And I think sometimes we look at that enough is always being unhealthy and it can be very healthy if we're walking in God with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a time that we, as people, God intends us to have enough at at a point in time. I mean, uh, Paul and Barnabas had a time where they, uh, there was enough. They just weren't seeing things eye to eye and they came back together later on. It was that time that they need a separation. I mean, and I think a lot of us to, to Robbie, you know, Robbie, we know that he's, He's faithful. Jesus says, uh, and I'm going to drop some scripture for you guys again. <laughs> Hebrews 13, 5, he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. So that really puts something in our heart. That's the standard. Okay, Jesus will never leave anybody, therefore neither should I. But, you know, as individuals, as broken human beings, there there's times where we just have to, you know, put some space between us and the other person because like we were talking about earlier, your heart can't always stay engaged and it's not necessarily meant to, particularly if you have two individuals with separate visions, you know. Yeah, and I think God continually puts us, in, and we've talked about it, um, uh, Ransom Heart, Wild at Heart team wrote a book about the divine conspiracy, right, where God actually puts you with people that will help rub off the, the rough edges, Right, to become more of a polished product. And that's not what we're talking about, you know, because I think that's just part of being in a relationship. We all need to grow and change and become better people, right, because the world's kind of stripped us down. And we're a work in progress type thing. I think it becomes on the unhealthy side when you start losing sight of who you are, right? When you no longer know who you are in the midst of a relationship or for you to stay in that relationship, you'd have to pretty much give up your values, your how you see life, those types of things. And then you have to say, okay, this is not at a healthy place. Mm-hmm. Right, God, and I need you to let me know how to handle this. You know, maybe not even at that point are you supposed to bail, but at least definitely keep taking back to God saying, God, I, I, I can't stay in this place. What do I do here? Because I don't think he wants us in those places that are truly unhealthy for us. So everybody's quiet. We, <laughs> uh, Rodney, you have a clip, and this is probably the most positive. It actually is the most positive clip we're going to play tonight. It kind of depends on if you're looking at the whole movie or just at the clip portion. Well, I yeah. think when you explain <laughs> it, they'll find out why it's so positive. Yeah, so Schindler's List isn't the most uplifting movie, of course, but I think most people probably have seen it. If you haven't, uh, you definitely need to. 
it is set in Poland in World War II, and Schindler is a businessman who decides he's going to make his fortune, you know, by bribing uh, the Nazi party into giving him factories. He's like, oh, I'm going to hire the Jews because they're cheap labor. And the next thing you know, he's developing relationships with these folks that he's working with. <clears throat> he begins to become friends. Then he basically loves the people and gets caught up in their plight and actually becomes their savior. Ends up saving well over a thousand people in the, from going to concentration camps and from going to Auschwitz. And the actual list itself is specifically 850 people at the end of the war when everything was about loss for Nazi Germany. They said, okay, we're going to send these people to Auschwitz. And he says, one last, probably the last thing he had for his money, he was able to get this 850 people sent to his factory in another city. So he you know, was able to keep saving people. He made a lot of money in this business and then used it all and ended up broke at the end of the war because he was doing everything he could to save uh, Jewish lives. And where this clip picks up is the war's ended. He's walking out of the factory. All the Jewish workers that he had are standing around looking at him, wait, watching him come out, and he's just kind of saying what he wants to give to everybody. He's like, everybody should have this. And then he gets out there, and they have a letter that everyone has signed that basically is saying, no, this man is a good man. Don't arrest him. You know, and everybody in the factory signs it. That's one thing to watch for. The next thing is you'll hear is that they gave him a ring and he can't read it. So they explain what it says in Hebrew. So listen for that. And then he breaks down a little bit and ends up talking about, you know, he didn't do enough. And then after this, which I cut off the end of the clip because it just gets too long by that time, is he completely breaks down. He's crying and all these people start coming around him and hugging on him and loving on him because he is like many of us. We feel like we never do enough when we really want to, when our heart's really in something, it, it just doesn't feel like you've ever done enough. And they're telling him, no, you did, you did, you did. So we'll go with the clip. As strong as piece of curse, I want, um, I want that cloth distributed to the workers, two and a half meters each. Also, each person is to get a bottle of vodka. They won't drink it. They know its value. Likewise, those Egyptian cigarettes we organize. It'll be done. Everything you ask. We've written a letter trying to explain things in case you were captured. Every worker has signed it. Thank you. It's Hebrew from the Talmud. It says whoever saves one life saves the world entire. I could have got more out I could have got more. I don't know. I just, I could have got more. Aska, there are 1,100 people who are alive because of you. Look at them. If I made more money, <laughs> I threw away so much money. <laughs> you have no idea. If I just... There will be generations because of what you did. Did so much. So, Rodney, you know, that clip, you know, you obviously have somebody that made a huge impact to their time, and then obviously generations that followed, as it said in that clip. 
But, you know, I was thinking as I was listening to that, if, if you go back to um, Desmond Dasa's story, mm-hmm. you know, this whole concept of just one more. Right. You know, just one more. And I think that, you know, you get to see them mirror God's heart. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, they don't want to see anyone lost or anyone perish that doesn't need to. And, and that's not what we're talking about, you know, on this. But we are, you know, talking about that time to say, when is my heart valuable enough that I need to step out of this area? But that's you know that's a healthy, very healthy way that someone said that there's enough here, and I got to do something about it. Right, and then you can get so caught up in that 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 becomes the ulterior motives. I got to keep going and going and going, and now he could be wrecked by always living his life saying I never got the one more. But he's got to be able to say I did do enough. God is very pleased here, and take that and run with that in his heart because if if you allow those little one things because we're never perfect if you allow all those little small things to really eat at you and you never just put them at the foot of the cross they're they're going to eat you alive over time and that's what the enemy gets that foothold on makes those agreements with you and then next thing you know you know you're getting slatted up against the wall so i've heard it said and i <clears throat> it keeps running around in my soul kind of that you know, every religion in the world, with the exception of Christianity, says do, 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 where Christianity says done. And, you know, that ends up being the point, because I feel like this almost every week in the Jesus Labor Love, like here come all these applications, whatever resources we have, and like I have this huge desire to enter into each of those battles and try to figure out a way you know, to bring God's blessing with his help, you know, prayer and everything that I can possibly do. But, it, you know, you leave a lot of them going, man, I didn't do. And, and at some point in time, it's really a wonderful exercise to give that to God and say, okay, I, I didn't get that. What do you want me to do with this? And, and it's it's an individual, what Jim said, as we were pre- prepping for the show, almost every those one of those things is an opportunity for you to surrender to the one who actually did get it done, <laughs> and it was enough, right? Yeah, and it's hard. You know, I think that if left to our own, we would leave relationships way too early, way too late. You know, mm-hmm. um, because we'll we'll take on things that we're not meant to take on. You know, I think that there's a, a healthy place as you listen to the Schindler's List thing of saying, "I wished I could have done more," mm-hmm. and then there becomes an unhealthy place of of feeling like it was all up to me. Yeah, right. And I think that that's the risk we take in a regular relationship as well. To you know, we don't include God in the midst of it, and we say, "Okay." If I could just do this better, if I could just just do this differently, if I could just I, 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 right? Instead of going to God and saying, God, what do you want from me? Yeah, and it's hard to find that balance always between, you know, it's very easy to run to, I got to do more, I got to do more, or I got to do nothing. Mm-hmm. But there's a balance is really somewhere in between, and that's where you got to basically search with God and find that and you know, go to him and ask him. He'll he'll reveal to you. If you go earnestly, he'll it may not be what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. But you have to be open and obedient to hear and do what he says. That's the hard part. Yeah, I mean it 
I'm saying the same thing you guys are saying, but just it gets into a matter of what part came with us as part of the fall and being an orphan child is we wanted to take control upon ourselves. So all relationships, successes are up to us, and I'm going to stay faithful and keep going after that person indefinitely. That's not what God intended. Anytime you take on control and, and get him out of the mix of actually being the one in control and getting guidance from him, you're messing up. I mean, that's... That's my take on it because that's what I've done a, a big part of my time, a big part of my life, and it's it's nice not to feel. It takes the pressure off when you feel like you're the one, you're the glue that holds a relationship together, or whether somebody chooses to do right or not or whatever. It's not it's not our it's not our job to function in the role of God. Right, and I, I think that you know, as you go through life and your relationships. A lot of things you have to ask yourself is, am I growing in this relationship? Is this relationship helping me be a better man or woman? And where is this relationship taking me next? You know, we, we all know those relationships that take us down bad roads. Those re- those relationships we probably should follow into the depths of, you know, uh, sin and so on and so forth. But... You know, I, I think if we honestly look at the relationships, bathe it in prayer, like we've been talking about, you know, go to God and say, God, what, what do you want me to do here? What do you want me to do there? You may not get the answer right away because sometimes you, the person has to grow or you need to grow in order to repair or heal a relationship or to continue, as the case may be. And like Robbie was saying, sometimes the relationships are never recovered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know if Jim, our buddy Jim Graham uh, was here, and I hope he's feeling better. I know he wasn't feeling well this week. You know, he would talk about in his story, which he shared on the air many times, of there's there's a period to weather the storm, mm-hmm. right? That not every relationship, and, and Harold, you could probably speak to this more than anyone in the room. You've been married a lot of years, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, when I, I don't remember, you know, B.C., sometime but yeah no you've been married 56 years right yeah uh, counting our engagement time uh, i've had my sweetheart now for 58 years it's not enough it's not enough it's not enough how do you know that do you look at the abacus you uh, (laughs) started counting years on well i i can only say that you know if if god gave me another 40 years it still probably wouldn't be enough and to me, that's the other side of the issue about enough. A lot of our discussion has been of when you reach your limit. Well, with my sweetheart and me, there is no limit, you know, and I feel so blessed. We both want to serve God. We try our best. He's at uh, the center of our relationship, and uh, I, I can't say that there's enough, you know, even after all these years. So you just sit around singing Kumbaya, you never argue, you never have a crossword. Oh, oh Robbie's busting out in laughter. <laughs> load, load the dishwasher together or anything like that. Because Robbie knows Only both Only periodically, of us. right? We, we have extreme difficulty communicating. Uh, my wife throws hand grenades. I use a sniper rifle. She was a second grade school teacher. I was a systems analyst, computer programmer. We are so different. And we do have difficulty communicating. Uh, she thinks that I'm a mind reader. I'm really not. Uh, but uh, our love for one another and our love for God 
keeps us looking for the more, but it'll never be enough. Right. Thank you. That's a good word, though, uh, to, to really, I mean, that's wisdom because, I mean, we all, we know that, but, you know, some of us had challenges in our, our, our relationships, but just to hear that, that that's the, way, the perspective we should hold on to, that, you know, we go, always continue to go the extra mile, even though I think there's certain situations, but to be that committed to your wife, that's awesome. Yeah, and Harold, I know that there's been rocky times, but it's the love that you have for each other and love for God that's helped you get through it. So as somebody that, you know, has really been blessed to work with Harold and Jan closely, um, during the few fairly vocal outbursts, (laughs) (laughs) the beauty of it, because, you know, Danny said it earlier, that you got to have two people plowing, Mm -hmm. right? And I watched them both swallow like 14 gallons of pride um, in order to enter in to try to figure out where where do they go from here in spite of the fact that you can see by the red faces and, and the bubbling over. But then I also have to say, you know, is, is watching these two, is they do express their displeasure with each other. <laughs> They're pretty transparent. It, it's not like they've been holding it in for 56 years. I can assure you that, you know, it's all out there. Um, and, and, and allowing the other person to love them and to get their perspective and to be able to feel like they know you well. So if you're around Jan, if you're around Harold, you will definitely have the sense of, I know who these people, I don't have to wonder if Jan's upset with me right this minute. All I have to do is say the word Solomon and you know, the nails come out. But no, it's really, really a refreshing place to be with people that live from their heart and they speak from their heart and... and there are two people plowing on the on the same. And I think you brought up an important aspect. You know, God's got to be the center at any relationship. You know, if you have uh, something in common with God and you know you both have to answer him for your behavior, I think it makes a big difference. Yeah, it definitely does. And I think involving God early, 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 early on in the relationship is key. Amen. You know, I've uh, been in the uh, online dating world, you know, off and on over the last few years, and uh, I have learned the lesson to definitely include God very, very early, you know, because when you're dating people that are of my age, you know, in their, their 50s. I heard somebody said, you can do that. How's that working for you? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's had its challenges, you know. Um, have you had enough yet? I've had enough. That's why I haven't dated in quite a long time, actually. But no, I am involving God in it. I'm asking him to pick the next one for me. But uh, no, it's definitely, you know, including him in every step of the way, not just when it gets rocky, but early on. Right. And, and one thing I'll say, it, things don't usually get better from the way they start. So if it started pretty rocky, it's probably going to stay pretty rocky, at least for a fair amount of time. So that's a pretty good indicator of, I may not want to get real deep on this one yet. Right, but again, the key is all that we talk about. Walk with God in the midst of it. Only he knows when enough is enough and what enough truly means. We'll see you next week. This is the Truth Network.